you know, really a shout out to the musicians because uh, I could start speaking and take a wrong turn and I could make up for that, right? But when you start in the wrong key, really the only thing you can do is start all over. So, uh, or keep going in the wrong key, right? But really that was a lovely, um, lovely offering, setting the, the stage for us tonight as we begin our series on Psalm 23. You know, anytime we come into this space for worship, we all come from uh, different places with different questions and different concerns, different celebrations, different ways that we've experienced God, different longings for how we want to experience God. When we come into this place, uh, we, we bring our own minds and our hearts that are engaged with our own stuff and, and often we bring with us the, the weight of the world. Sometimes we bring the weight of our friends and our, our family members, those we love. Uh, we bring them all into this space. And in this space, we can find rest and renewal and strength for the journey. In this place, we remember who God is and who we are. Essentially, that God is God and we are not. And we remember when we gather that we're never alone. Tonight as we kick off Psalm 23, I invite you to repeat after me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This is true. No matter how you've arrived tonight, no matter what you've brought with you, no matter what you encounter when you leave here, the Lord is your shepherd, and you shall not want. If you find that you're wandering off or distracted in this time together, uh, really it doesn't matter what I say. I invite you to come back to this, that the Lord is your shepherd, and you shall not want. Let that be God's word to you even as we gather, as the people of God, as the sheep of the shepherd. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us today. Let it take hold of us and transform us, that we might look more like those who follow faithfully after you. And I pray that my words and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Psalm 23 is one of the most beloved pieces of of Scripture. It is uh, something many of us, if you grow up in the church, you learn early on. And uh, it provides comfort and wisdom and guidance. Uh, If you're looking for a book uh, to go along with it, one of the ones that I enjoy most is uh, by Bob Lively called God Help Me Through the Day. Uh, Many of you may know Bob Lively. He used to write a Uh, column in the Statesman many years ago. He's local. He's been with us before. Uh, This book, his first was Psalm 23, God's Prescription for Our Pain, and this is a revised version of that. You're welcome to look at these after worship, but these are um, really speak to where we are in our our world and and who God is and to this psalm itself. Uh, Bob Lively will be here with us on June 3rd. It's a Sunday at five o'clock, and so I invite you to go ahead and mark your calendars and plan to come and and be present as we continue in this series together. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. 
When we see LORD in all caps, and if you look in the Bible, in your scripture, it will have LORD as all caps in there. When we see that, that is the name for Yahweh. That is the name that God gave to Moses at the burning bush when Moses asked, who, who should I say is sending me to you, uh, Pharaoh, uh, and to the people? God says, I am. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. I am the source of all existence. I am uh, the creator of the universe. I'm the creator of all things. I am. I am the Lord is a a sovereign ruler who has all power, who has all authority. That's how this psalm starts. King David writes it, the the Lord, this one who is almighty and all-powerful, who is the Lord and creator of the universe, the Lord is my shepherd. So we have this, the contrast of this strength and this power and this sovereignty, and a few words later, the descriptor for that person is that this God, this Lord, is a shepherd. A shepherd that is, evokes uh, uh, thoughts of humility and earthiness. A shepherd with the sheep is, is an intimate relationship. Uh, and it's a 24-hour, seven job to take care of the sheep. That's what the shepherd does. The shepherd provides food and water and, and shelter and protection. The shepherd is Uh, There is nothing about any of the sheep that the shepherd doesn't know. The shepherd has the the greatest well-being, the highest good for every sheep in mind. The Lord, this almighty, all-powerful God of the universe, is our shepherd who knows us, everything about us, and takes care of us, providing for us, protecting us, being present with us. The shepherd is present with the sheep day in and day out. The Lord is my shepherd. In between Lord and shepherd are two little words that we might not think are that significant, but they are. The Lord is my shepherd. That's present in its present tense, it's not that the Lord used to be my shepherd or that the Lord's going to be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Wherever I am, whatever I'm experiencing, wherever I've, uh, whatever's happening in my life, the Lord is present, is my shepherd, caring for me in those circumstances. And that presence never changes. It's always that the Lord is my shepherd. And the Lord is not just any shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That's important. David could have written, the Lord is a shepherd, the Lord is the shepherd, but no, the Lord is my shepherd. There's an intimate connection, a relationship in which we are invited to claim this God of the universe as the one who cares most deeply for us. The Lord is my shepherd. There's that personal relationship. You know, my mom is my mom. She's not just a mom or the mom, she's my mom. Now, to be sure, uh, she's also my sister's mom right? And, and my sister and I are different, and, and so her relationship with each of us doesn't look exactly the same, but still for each of us, she is my mom. The Lord is my shepherd. If the Lord is our shepherd, that means that we are his sheep, right? And uh, most of us don't really want to be sheep. 
Uh, and there's a song that we sing, Lord, I want to be a sheep. But most of us, if we're honest, don't, don't, wouldn't choose to be a sheep. If you ask kids, uh, if you could be any animal, what animal would you be? Most of them are not going to say, ooh, 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 let me be a sheep, right? Sheep require meticulous attention and care. Sheep are not the smartest uh, animals in, on, on the farm. Uh, sheep re- require that attention and, and that guidance. Uh, they, they will just wander off on their, their own. They're completely dependent upon the shepherd. None of us want to do that. We like to think that we're independent, right? That we can do it, that we can take care of ourselves, that we are wise and we are strong. Our culture even promotes that for us, right? Be able to take care of yourself. Be able to do it on your own. And yet the Lord is my shepherd is really the relationship that is where we are. That, that idea that, that we're in charge of our lives or that we're in charge of the world in which we live or that it's all on us, that's just an illusion that the culture puts on us. That we willingly receive out of our, our broken humanity and our ego, there's part of us that wants to be in charge of the world, Right? I want to be. I want to be the one to carry all this. And if the Lord is our shepherd, then we are the sheep, completely dependent upon the care and the love of the the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The sovereign Lord, I am becomes even more fully known to us in Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. And throughout the Gospel of John, Jesus uses I am statements to help us more fully understand that. This comes from John 10. John 10, the whole chapter, is about sheep and the shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus takes this imagery that runs throughout the Old Testament of the value of shepherd and what that looks like. And Jesus takes this imagery and makes it him. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I am the one who seeks out the sheep. I am the one who cares for the sheep, who provides for the sheep, who is present with the sheep. I am the one, just before this text, who provides abundant life for the sheep. We are the sheep, and God is our shepherd, but not just any shepherd. The God of the universe, the God of all that has been, all that is, and all that is to come, that is who is caring for us. That is who sees us and knows us by name and is willing to give his life for us. Jesus has a shepherd's heart and shepherd's eyes and a shepherd's faithfulness and a shepherd's strength and tenderness. Jesus seeks us out and calls us home, carries us home, binds up our wounds, provides exactly what we need, protects our lives, 
and is willing to give himself up for us. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Our culture has a very distorted perception about what it means to want or even to be in want. We live in one of the wealthiest nations in the world, and even though individually we might not, relative to where uh, we live, might not be considered wealthy, when, when you look at who we are with the rest of the world, all of us in this room move into that category of being wealthy. We're very used to having what we need. Often we are very used to having more than what we need. We have a hard time sometimes uh, actually naming what we need versus what we want that has become what we need. We live in an abundant place, and yet we are fed by constant, constant whispers of dissatisfaction. Bob Lively says, We are a people who have been taught so well to want that we have learned equally well how never to be satisfied. We've been taught so well to want that we have learned equally well how never to be satisfied. We're, we're captured by the illusion that if we have more or if we have better, then we will be satisfied or we will be happy, right? If we have more money or more house or a better car or better friends or a better job or better education or better position in, in society or in the world, then we will be satisfied. And, and that is all simply just a lie, We load our lives up with things, and things can be relationships, things can be addictions, things can be possessions. We load our lives up with things, which in turn drag our spirits down. The pursuit of more and better is at the root of so much of our suffering, because more and better can never satisfy the deepest longing within us, which is a relationship with our Creator. That's, that's how we're created. We're designed to be in relationship with God and with one another. And there's nothing that will ever satisfy that space except the relationship that God offers to us. King David, who, who wrote Psalm 23, he had been a shepherd boy. He knows this imagery. He knows what that means to, to be a shepherd and to work in the fields And he went from having nothing as a shepherd to having everything as king. He went from from living out in, in the wilderness to ruling the people. David was a man who was both a man after God's own heart and a man who was broken by his fallen humanity. He understood and he helps us understood, understand in this psalm that the God of the universe who is our very breath and life, this is the one who is our shepherd. The one who sees everything that we do and offers mercy is our shepherd. The one who knows us inside and out and still calls us to follow. This is our shepherd. The one who knows us by name. And is always guiding us, even when we're not aware of it. So often, uh, the shepherds actually guide from behind. The sheep may not even be aware that the shepherd is there. But the shepherd is never absent. Even if we can't see the shepherd, the shepherd is never absent. 
the shepherd who is God provides this for us, protects us, loves us out of his abundant nature and power. Not because we've done anything or we haven't done anything, but simply because we are his sheep. We belong to him and we are loved by the shepherd. Recognizing our our sheep status and allowing that to be the truth invites us to surrender our wanting. What we think we lack, not just the things that we want materially, but those that want that there's a sense of lack in our lives. To, To accept that we are sheep, the sheep of a shepherd who loves us out of the shepherd's love and abundance and power, not because of anything we've done, allows us to surrender that want, that want that can never be satisfied in the ways that we try to satisfy it. And this one who satisfies it provides more and better than what we could even imagine. One of my favorite texts comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. I shall not want. I lack nothing because I am filled with the most important thing. I am filled with the fullness of God. And when we are filled with the fullness of God, as we allow Christ to dwell in us and strengthen us and root us in in love and, and power, Christ's power, filled with the fullness of God means that whatever else happens that tries to get in and get a hold of us cannot. When we're filled with the fullness of God, then we have everything that we need for anything that we encounter. But we have to surrender. (laughs) We're not the shepherd. We're the sheep. We have to be willing for the shepherd to care for us in the way that the shepherd is designed to care for us. The invitation of this psalm is to an authentic relationship with God in which God is God and we are not. And this doesn't mean, to be filled with the fullness of God doesn't make us immune against heartache and disappointment and illness and challenge. We still live in the fallen world. We still live as part of broken humanity. But when we're filled with the fullness of God, when we trust in the shepherd's care for us, then all of those things that happen around us to disappoint us or hurt us, They're held in the abundance of God's love and care for us. I'm not saying that God makes those things happen. I'm saying that when we're filled with the fullness of God, then whatever happens to us is held within that fullness. The shepherd cares for every piece that comes in, for every experience that we have. 
And the shepherd longs for us to turn first to the shepherd. When we're hurt or broken or disappointed, it also doesn't mean to be filled with the fullness of God that we get everything that we want. That somehow, by trusting God, then, then we're going to all of a sudden have all these things that we think make our life better. When we're filled with the fullness of God, suddenly it's not about things at all. It's about living in this relationship in which the fullness of God dwells in us no matter what happens to us. As I was uh, working with, with this text this week, as often happens, uh, it becomes really uh, relevant for my own journey. And, and midweek, I, I got an email. Um, you know, you've gotten these emails that are kind of out of the blue, and um, they're frustrating, and you don't know how to respond, and it's a little discombobulating. And, uh, and I was on my way. I made the mistake of checking email right before I was going to another meeting. And so I read through this email, and, and I was all bunched up. Do you ever get bunched up in your heart, in your gut? In your, you know, you're just bunched up. And, oh, I didn't even have time to respond or, or process that. And so I'm walking to my other meeting, and I'm wrestling with this because I'm really um, uh, I, I'm, I'm upset and I'm frustrated and disappointed, actually, in, in what the email was. And, and so I'm walking along, and, and it's like it was as if the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, uh, Hey, hey, do you remember what you're preaching about this week? It's like, oh, oh yeah. And as I inhaled, I just said out loud, the Lord is my shepherd. And as I exhaled, I said, I shall not want. And I'm telling you that immediately there was a release of the anxiety that I was feeling within the span of two minutes, I'd come in, I'd checked the email, I'd gotten bunched up with this anxiety and ick, and I was reminded, that's not mine to carry. I'm filled, I can be filled with the fullness of God, which means that any time something threatens that space, even the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, can settle me down. And I suspect could do the same for you. I don't know what you've brought with you today. I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know what you're going through or, or where you struggle. I don't know what you are wanting or what you think that you lack. What I do know is that with Jesus as our good shepherd, no matter where you are or what you are carrying, you are secure in the arms of the shepherd as this sheep is. When I saw this picture for the first time, I thought, yeah, but, you know, my kids weren't always that still when they were upset. <laughs> but there's this great technique called swaddling, really, where we would just wrap them up tight. And this image reminded me of that, that even when I'm kicking and screaming, even when I'm not happy with, with being uh, still, that God's arms around me will never let go of me that they're holding me until I find that place of stillness and of calm. So I invite you today, whatever it is, that you, you might actually envision yourself in Jesus' arms. Even as you say with me again, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that you are our good shepherd. We know that sometimes we struggle against you in that role. Show us the way today to have courage to simply be your sheep, to trust in your goodness and to follow where you lead us, to allow your fullness to fill us in such a way that we really begin to understand that because you are our shepherd, we lack nothing. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.